0: The Great Sports Callers open Think Tank coming at you on a Tuesday morning. The Saints, in a preseason game, had all of our attention last night. Questions were answered, or maybe some answers were just further solidified, right? Answers to questions you already really, truly knew the answer to. Good morning, everyone. I'm Scott Prather. Got a great show for you this morning. This hour, phone lines are open at 269-1077, breaking down the biggest winners and losers from the Saints preseason game last night against the Jaguars. And it's a Tuesday. Jay Walker will join me in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll talk more about last night's game. Lafayette Little League's run at the World Series came to an end. Rage Cajun football, LSU football, college football, terrible tune Tuesday. That coming your way in the 8 o'clock hour. You know, last night, I think, as I stated yesterday on social media, before the game, when Sean Payton told Peter King he hopes to announce a starter at quarterback by the end of the week, I said, barring an absolutely atrocious performance by Jameis Winston, it's going to be Jameis. It has been Jameis. It is Jameis. And yeah, there were some folks that disagreed. Oh, you know, I think Taysom's got a shot. I think this, I think that. And it was just going to, we hadn't seen a ton of just being awful. And he wasn't. He wasn't awful. Not with the ones, not with a starting offensive line. You know, as hard as that decision is for Sean Payton, it's more difficult emotionally than rationally. The hardest decisions in life are usually extremely rational, but what makes them difficult is the emotion involved. Maybe you've been in a relationship you had to end. Maybe someone had to end it with you, whatever it might be. Emotionally, it is taxing, it is difficult, and yet you know in your heart, in your mind, it's the right thing to do. Perhaps you have someone in your life, a friend, and they just, they mean a lot to you. But you got to let them go. Rationally, you understand all the reasons why, but emotionally, it's just so difficult to do. In fact, emotionally, you haven't let them go. You haven't moved on from them. Even though rationally, you probably should have, say, months ago. But emotionally, stringing along and stringing along and stringing along, and delaying the inevitable because you know deep down, eventually you're gonna have to do it because rationally it makes the most sense. This is an emotional decision for Sean Payton. For any coach to tell you that you know it's all decisions are emotional, all cuts are difficult, they're all the same—they're lying. Okay. The Saints are going to have to cut their roster to five later today, and then they're going to have to cut it from like 80 to, what, 53 next week. Some of those cuts are going to be easy. In fact, most of those cuts, maybe one or two aren't. All of the rational decisions aren't difficult, but the few that are, it's they're difficult because of the emotions involved. Sean Payton drawing this thing out. Who's going to be the starter? Still drawing it out. Not saying he's not going to say it to the media after the game. He's going to tell both of them what they already know. My friend James Butler, former Green Bay Packers receiver, UL receiver, he texted me last night. He said, I don't like like Taysom's body language before this one. It's like you could tell. It was Taysom's birthday, and he looked like, you know, he didn't get a birthday cake. Didn't get the present he wanted. He looked upset before the game even started. Jameis was always going to be the starter this year. And the fact that he hasn't been named one yet is just because Sean Payton is having a hard time of it. But rationally, it makes the most sense. Yeah, it, 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 it. I get that it might be difficult, but it's time. Well, Jameis changed his body. He dropped some weight. He's not built like Hercules he and do some things. We so had more throwing range, more motion. And now, maybe after his locker room after the game, they had a big old gallon of creatine waiting for him to go put on some of that mass because he could still be special in the Saints' offense if utilized the way that he always really should be utilized. And as a backup quarterback, he's fine. You didn't see Taysom take off and run last night. He was trying to hang in the pocket and be a quarterback. Oh, he was throwing with the twos, and he was throwing with it. Yeah, and he was throwing against twos for a team that was 1-15 last year. Saints played the worst team in football in a preseason game. And Winston made plenty of plays, 9 of 10. He had the kind of moments where it's just if there was any decision going in, he put him to rest pretty easily. And I don't know that there was much of a decision going in. Like I said, it was, it was going to take an atrocious outing by Jameis or entry for Taysom to be the day one starter against Green Bay. Winston to Marquez Calloway. Incredible catches by Callaway, by the way. I mean, you're looking for positive. I said I was going to be positive when I came on this morning. I said it. Be positive. Regardless of what happens tonight in the game, I'll be positive, even though it's just a preseason game. I said that yesterday. It's true. I mean, Marquez Callaway, Jameis Winston, Marcus Davenport, Ken Crawley. Huh? Positives. Positives. Blake Gilligan, the punter, positive. Had the Saints lost last night in the second half when their lack of depth continues to show up, and that's the big difference between this year's team and the team of the last couple of years. They don't have a middle class, really. You go from the top of the roster quickly to the bottom of it. There's a quick drop-off. And talent, you don't have the depth you've had there in New Orleans. But it wouldn't have mattered, you know, who won, who lost, whatever. It's preseason; you're playing a bad. It's about the individual performances. It's about the comfort level, right? Winston's only incompletion came on a pass to the flat on third down. That was only, you know, that was third and sixteen because of a couple of false starts, one by McCoy, the next by Ramchek. Maybe old Jameis, even in a preseason game, actually more likely in a preseason game, is going to try to just air it out. Let's just make something happen here. Instead, makes the right play. Let's dump it off. Okay, he missed the pass. He was upset about the one incompletion. I mean, letting it fly when he notices Marquez Calloway is coming open against the cover three. Okay. I got something here. Airs it out. Callaway makes a grab with one hand despite pass interference. Catches it in the end zone. And then the other touchdown to Callaway. Another one-handed catch. What was Winston doing? He's looking back, and he is able to diagnose the defense quickly. No deep safety on the play. Only one DB back there. Here we go. Single coverage on Callaway. Let a rip. Threw it near the pylon, and Callaway just made a great play. And Winston sat there and took a hit off the blitz, knowing it was going to happen. Jameis was in rhythm. Jameis was comfortable. And, and the reality is he was comfortable last week against Baltimore even when he was playing with the Deuce. Now, I, does that mean he's going to be the MVP, lead the league in passing? Of course not. Let's not get carried away. Let's come on, as the Wolf would say in Pulp Fiction. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's just call it what it is, what most of us already knew before last night even happened, that Jameis Winston was the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints this year. Facts. Facts. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com and the ESPN 1420 app. There were some negatives, no doubt. Kaysom didn't exactly look good with the twos. Adam Troutman likely has some kind of, what, high-grade angle sprain. Gonna miss some time. Not good when you're young tight end that's supposed to be a big bulk of the offense this year gets carted off. The lack of depth, again, on the team is uh, is evident. I mean, the first quarter was fun, and then beyond that, and especially the second half, I mean, my God. It's like being like at the dentist, and they're doing some kind of oral surgery on you, and you're just sitting there in that chair. There's just in your mouth, loud in your ear. Everything's hurting. Honestly, like I I can't it's, it's it's hard some I'm sitting there, I'm just like, where's thirty six? I just want to watch Deuce Wallace. Where is he? Why isn't he out there? Put him out there more. I'm just looking for something to 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 latch on to to get into. I know, I know. I sound like some grumpy old guy. Whatever. It's I was tired, man. A little tired. A little Jordan Humphrey, though. Got that score, got that touchdown in the second half. Did not look good last week. And, you know, I mentioned Ken Crowley earlier looking uh, looking good. I mentioned how I was out there looking for 36. But what about Mr. Christian Ringo from a Cajun? Another strong performance. A couple of quarterback hits. I mean, he, in terms of generating a pass rush from the middle, let me tell you something. When, when Christian Ringo... Signed with the Saints practice squad late last year and was on the offseason season roster. I'm looking at it, saying, "Yeah, Sheldon Rankins is gone. Malcolm Brown is gone. David Onyemata is going to be suspended six games. He's got a good shot to make the roster. Watching him through the first two preseason games, Christian Ringo is on the roster, y'all. I'm just telling you. Latavius Murray, on the other hand, did he like? Is he out there running with like ski boots? Guy looks like he's got on some like, I mean, he's got some big rubber boots, just boots, just lodging through the swamp or ski boots in the snow or whatever metaphor you want to come up with. That guy, he, I mean, he looks like he's like dragging like a canoe behind him or something. He has not looked good in his limited role this preseason. They had a perfect screen dialed up to him early. Everything is set up. He just runs right into the defender, the one guy where he would have easily been blocked. What do you, you know, he cuts inside on that screen. If he goes outside, he might score. Fumble last week. He had six yards and four carries. Couldn't really do much. Then you got Tony Jones, who continues to look good, continues to look decisive. Murray's a guy they hung on to that a lot of folks thought he was going to be released, going to be one of those cap casualties, going to be one of those guys that, want that contract, you save a little bit. And here's the thing, I like Latavius Murray. I think he's a good running back. But you look at individual performances in a preseason. You look at the decision-making. Fumbles. Cutting inside when you should go outside on a screen. Looking considerably slower. I think it's not, not, not a great look so far. But Kevin White, pfft. I mean, was anyone surprised that he was just dropping passes? Anyone? Oh, the Saints sign a former first-round pick who's been terrible, who wasn't in the league last year, who's never scored a touchdown. There he is in the fourth quarter. You got Steve Levy in the gang up there in the Monday Night Football booth just Obviously, you're going to talk about him. Why? Because it's a story. Kevin White's a notable player because he's been a bust. Drops a pair of passes. Not good. Just the, the 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 back end of the defense and the offense. Just yeah, yeah. Preseason game against the worst team. You wanted to see strong individual performances. The biggest story going in was the quarterback battle, though the battle was the battle was already won before it started. It just looked like Jameis Winston, you know, it's like you were playing with game genie with Winston. Meanwhile, you bring Taysom off the bench and hmm. Wasn't happening. 16 after the hour. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Um, Travis Etienne, unfortunately. Travis Etienne, the uh, Jennings native. Two-time ACC player of the year. Great player at at, uh, Clemson. The second first-round pick of the Jaguars, of course, Trevor Lawrence being the number one. His teammate Etienne drafted, what, 24th, I think, overall, maybe? And uh, unfortunately, Etienne suffered an injury last night, and uh, he's expected to miss some time. Adam Schefter reporting that he suffered a mid-foot sprain, and he's going to be sidelined indefinitely and going to need further testing in Jacksonville. Had a walking boot after the game, limping with the left foot injury. Certainly don't want to see that. Can we get one more thing out there that, that I, I I shouldn't have to address this. I would, I would hope that more Saints fans were in tune to it or actually knew what was going on. Does everyone understand that, despite what Stephen A. Smith or some other jabroni on the national media says, that Taysom Hill actually doesn't have a hundred and forty million dollar contract? Can everyone please understand that? You know what his base salary is for next year? Zero dollars. In twenty twenty three, you know what his base salary is? Zero dollars. 2024, zero dollars. 2025, zero dollars. It's all monopoly money, guys. They converted his bonus this year in his base salary, the majority of it. into a signing bonus and the only way they could prorate it beyond this year so that it would be on future years of the salary cap was if he was technically had a contract beyond this year. The contract is automatically void if he's on the roster 5 days 5 days prior to the start of the of the 2022 league year. That's it. Cap hits aren't cash salaries. I mean, I, I just, he's not making that. I mean, well, I don't see what the Saints paid him that money if they're not going to start him. He's not. Ma- Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston are both on one-year deals right now. That's what they're on. Stop just taking whatever the national sports media is screaming down your throat. Follow those that cover this team on a regular basis. And go from there. Carry on. ESPN1420.com. Is there any question that the Saints know how to use Tennessee Vols better than the Tennessee Vols do? Anyone? I mean, from Alvin Kamara and now at a UDFA and Marquez Calloway, Jameis Winston had a lot to say about old Marquez Calloway. And, Was happy to be starting for the first time since 2019. And what's his relationship like with Taysom Hill? You'll hear from Jameis next. His post-game comments right here on ESPN 1420. We'll answer your emails as well. Question up on our Facebook page today. Biggest, most positive and negative takeaways from last night's game. We'll get your uh, comments there. We'll read them on the air. It's all coming your way. Don't go anywhere. I'm Scott Prather. This is ESPN 1420. Don't go anywhere. What's up, Raising Cajun fans? This is head football coach Billy and You're listening to the flagship station of Louisiana Raising Cajun Athletics, ESPN 1420.
1: Tap tap, ah! oh, tap, tap, tap that app. The ESPN 1420 app. Available for download in the App Store and Google Play. Download and tap away. He says Saints, Pelicans, Cajuns, and Tigers as much as Danny Glover says. It's Scott Prather on The Great Scott Show on ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com.
0: Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the great sports callers open think tank. 25 after the hour of 7 o'clock. From the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab, your weather update today partly cloudy, high at 97. 40% chance of showers. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low of 77. Traffic update number of traffic controls to report. Right? School is back in session. 2901 East Milton Avenue, 2315 Johnson Street, and 1522 Carmel Drive. But um, no vehicle accidents to report in the 7 o'clock hour, fortunately. Be safe out there on the roads, everybody. Biggest positive, biggest negative takeaways. From a Saints preseason game against the worst team in football last night. We asked that question over at ESPN 1420 on our Facebook page. Most of the responses thus far have been Callaway is a legit number one. Biggest negative Troutman injured. Uh, Jameis Winston looked good. Biggest positive negative running game looks suspect. Gave up too many points in the fourth. Yeah. Steven uh, on Facebook says Winston may have secured the starting position, but it's the Jags. He'll throw picks, look for a few wins, but not a playoff season. Predicted Peyton in the front office as quarterback shopping by the end of the season. Says the Cajun football season will be more reason for excitement than Saints football. All right, that's his takeaway after a Saints preseason game. 23-21 23-21 the final for anyone that cares about preseason records. Although, it is pretty crazy that the Baltimore Ravens have won 19 straight preseason games. It doesn't really mean anything, but holy cow. They just, maybe it's just because they have that much depth. Their scouting department is that good. Goodness. 19 straight. Maybe John Harbaugh has something in his contract. You win preseason games, you're good to go. Jameis Winston, bet with the media after the game, had plenty to say. All smiles, though, except right out the gate, he was thinking about that one incompletion he had. Oh,
2: I missed the easiest throw of the night, so I just got to get better. I'm going to continue to get better on accuracy on my, on the second reads and my progressions. Uh knowing who I'm throwing to. Uh, I can't miss Tony here. Otherwise
0: though, I mean <coughs> someone's
2: obviously Oh yeah. Well, right? right. No. <laughs> the biggest thing is we gotta win. So I mean that's that's a big weight off your back when you get a win. Uh, so it was exciting man. It like I gotta give God all the glory. Like I, I haven't started a football game in so long, man. So I was just I was just get an opportunity to start and uh, lead the pack, man. It, it was exciting and uh the rhythm was great, offensive line was phenomenal. Uh, and we had guys like Quez making plays all night, man. You, you got to love that. I know
3: the entire body of work training camp your first start to step
4: up like
3: Yeah, absolutely.
2: I think that's what made Quez so phenomenal. Like every time the lights turn on, he's he does an amazing job. And uh, I'm just happy that the Lord blessed me to take advantage of this opportunity. Uh but as we all know, uh we got a ne- got another game next week. Uh, so we're gonna cherish that tonight and uh and move on to Arizona. James did you change something on
5: the second touchdown
4: when
2: you saw the like Uh yeah, I just gave him a nice little signal. Uh, I like the matchup there he went and played a heck of a play. <laughs> he caught a wing and got his knee in. So uh that's always fun. Like I think anytime you have zero you wanna to try to beat it. On that
6: first one, the coverage,
2: right? Yeah, the safety cut safety cut. So again, got pass interference, made a great play. So uh just try to try my best to give him opportunities and, you know, God bless him with some unique abilities as well. Uh and we got an offensive line that's <laughs> that's holding up firm in the middle, uh, good things happen. Is were the first
4: on that first
2: touchdown pass? absolutely. Um, I mean as soon as I saw that the safety cut, I'm letting it, I'm letting it go. Um, making sure that the the backside corner isn't really gonna make a play on that ball. Uh, it just showed great concentration by him uh, finishing through on that catch. It seems like
4: we you knew, where you want to go immediately?
5: That's why
2: I thought that, like there's no hesitation on the ball. Oh man, I don't like missing those opportunities.
5: How important is it for you to stretch the field, you know, when you get into those fun situations, is you just happy?
2: Uh, I, I think that's it's just it, it's a great part of the rhythm of the game. Obviously completion is, is the only thing that matter. Uh you wanna it to, but if you're not completing it, uh it kinda messes up the rhythm of the game. So uh like I said, you can't miss out on those opportunities when they're there. Uh we had Callaway made two incredible uh plays tonight when they were there and uh, and that's big. It turned out real real huge in our favor. Oh yeah. I think he's just an incredible football player, right? Like, the guy was undrafted, right? You know, so who, who missed out on that guy, right? I'm um, happy that we, we were able to get him. Um, just speaks volumes of, of, of our organization and, and how they see talent. And the thing about him, man, is just his excitement. When he's out there, like, you could tell, like, it's like we're playing Little League football out there together. He loves it so much, man. He's having so much that he has no energy. I mean, he has no uh, fear in his heart. He has elite energy. And uh, he's out there playing football, so it's it's fun to have teammates out there uh, that see the game the same way that you see it, and just really love uh, taking advantage of these opportunities. You turned
5: the, the pregame speech from Demario kind
2: of into a full response question there a little bit. Um, you really walked in with it. How much energy do you get from Demario in those situations? Well, I, like I said last week, I, I'm just I'm feeling what he's saying, right? Uh, because. He's speaking to all of us and sometimes like he's speaking to my soul, right? So I'm just letting him know that I hear him and that I'm with him. Uh, so that's just a way that I, I show, my, show my support for him. And I'm looking at him right in his eye uh, the entire time. How do you uh, feel about your risk versus reward calculations, even on
5: those touchdowns that didn't really look like the defenders to try to
2: play on the ball? I think I'm think I really good on decisions. Like I said, I just got to get better uh, with accuracy uh has some has some balls that I really would like to have back uh that would be big completions for us. Uh in particular that one ball uh I threw to the right that was low on uh Deontay. Uh, I just gotta continue to work and, and get better. Uh like I said, I'm I'm focused on execution. Like so as long as I'm I'm executing the right way, uh, my eyes are in the right place and I'm making the right decisions, I can live with it. Ninety
4: percent is
2: okay though. Oh yeah. No no doubt but we can be hundred, right, And get better.
3: Starting a game
2: Absolutely. I was just thankful, yeah. right? Like these these opportunities don't come, you know, too often, right? Like I said, a whole year uh, of not starting a football game, right? Uh, like I said, like that's what I said in my prayer, our team prayer. Like I was like, Lord, just thank you, thank you for this opportunity, uh, and I just. I was just blessed. I'm blessed that I was able to to go out there and have a good game and, and honor him. Like because he's the one that did it. You know, the Lord did it for me and uh and I just I missed it. <laughs> I missed it, man. I missed going out there and, and lean the pack. Like that's that's fun, that's fun stuff.
5: Oh uh, uh,
2: yes. Um, you know, it's just Tom House method, you know we don't well, he, he would say we don't uh, throw to warm up, we warm up to throw. Uh, so that's just a little uh, pregame that uh, my quarterback coach and I structured. Uh, I haven't been able to do that because I ain't been starting, right? So it was just a different plan to to do that. So it was, it
0: was a sight. Jameis Winston, after last night's performance, you'll hear a little bit from uh, Taysom Hill and maybe Marquess Cowway as well if we have a little bit of time. It's the Great Scott Show. Great sports callers open the Think Tank 35 after the hour in the 8 o'clock hour. Jay Walker will be in studio. We'll dig into the Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC's announcement expected to come today at some point about their alliance, their scheduling alliance. Um, what exactly is it going to mean? What is it going to look like? What are going to be the effects of it? Again, this is all one of those layers in that onion that Texas and Oklahoma made whenever they said, oh, we're, going to go to the, we're going to go to the SEC. Now other conferences are freaking out, but what does it mean to the Big 12? What's its future look like? You know, the the according to Dan Wetzel and Pete Thamel, the Alliance will uh, center on, quote, a shared vision for the future governance of college athletics. It's basically just collusion because they don't want the SEC to control everything. That's what it is. That's what it is. They want to band together, create some scheduling alliances. I don't know. is Is it desperation here? I get it's a capitalistic society, and they're thinking of the college football playoff, and at the end of the day, they're thinking about money. I don't know. ESPN 1420. Will it change anything? Will it fix anything? More on that coming up in the 8 o'clock hour with Jay Walker. Emails. Scott at ESPN1420.com. You can email me. Uh, Phone lines are open if you want to get in early on a Tuesday morning, 269-1077, 269-1077. Here's an email from Doug. Says, Scott, I'll be honest, I expected you to come on this morning and rail on the Saints. Not a big deal what they did, but you do actually sound positive. Um Okay, Doug. get okay. Thanks, I guess. Said I was gonna try to be positive, but let me do something that you'll probably perceive as negative. The Saints didn't do anything last night that makes that would in any in any way change my mind about their outlook for the twenty twenty one season. They still lack depth. They still have problems at quarterback two. They've they've still got question marks at receiver after Marquez Callaway. You lost Adam Troutman for who knows how long. Um, yeah, I, I, I still feel like this is a 8, 9, 7, and 10 type of team. But I, I didn't – a preseason game against the Jags. Look, it's if you're a Saints fan to see the incredible catches by Callaway. I mean, I don't care who you're playing. You make catches like that. It's fun to see Jameis in an offense with the ones go through his progressions as rapidly and quickly as he, as he did. It was, it was cool. The first quarter was fun. Came and went. It's a preseason game. You got one more Friday. You got to make five cuts today, and then next week you got to go from 80 to 53. Good lord! One week from the day you got, to, you got, they got to, teams have to cut 27 players. Whew. a lot of additional roster movement after that as well in terms of the waiver wire, practice squad moves, other teams' cuts. A lot still to come before the Saints kick off their season against the Green Bay Packers, which. It didn't happen in for another, what, 15 days, 16 days? Got a little while between now and then. Sorry if i dampering you. But thanks for thinking I was positive. Was good things, fun things. Uh, at CU underscore yesterday. Appreciate you listening. He says, take away. Saints defensive front seven is going to arguably one of the best in the league. It's going to win him some games. This Traquan Smith is in a whole lot of trouble. C.J. Johnson is a menace. At least he's our menace. Give me 10 and 7. All right. All right. At CU underscore yesterday. But Chauncey Gardner Johnson, that guy. The only th- most players after a game they gotta hit the you know the ice bath because they're sore all over their muscles all the tackling all the physicality of a football game. He must just put his jaw in an ice bath because the most sore thing on his body after every game has got to be his jaw because it never stops moving. Ever, I mean that. If you don't think there's gonna be some taunting flags on him this year, what's the over under on that one? to toe that line see just how far he can take it. By the way, how lame is that? John Marr of the Giants. We're all sick of players talking. No, we're not. You are. Don't, don't say we are. Don't say all of us, everyone. It's going to be the most annoying rule in the NFL this season. I'm just telling you. Just telling you. ESPN 1420. As far as the front seven goes, I mean, they're, they're, they're front seven. I guess you have to include CJ GJ in that because the Saints run don't really run a traditional four three very much. Where they got three linebackers on the field, uh, you know, it's usually a hybrid with some DBs, five DBs out there. Uh, but Zach Bonds look good. DeMaro Davis is solid. Davenport's had a great preseason. Can he stay healthy? They could just shoot that guy with some of Wolverines antibodies. He'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I, I still have questions about D-tackle. I mean, I, I do. Yes, some guys have looked okay in some preseason games. Can they consistently stop a solid run game? Still some questions to be answered. Marquez Galloway, A little bit from him. Talking about his two touchdown catches last night, among other things.
4: First one. Yeah, that one kind of hurt. I tried to tell them on the side, but they said, "As long as I caught it, that's all that matters." So, but personally, I say the first one. I mean, you,
5: you
0: he was at, that was in response to a question he was asked of of the two touchdown catches, which was more difficult.
4: He said the first because it hurt. That, kind
5: of like
4: and probably, yeah, probably falling kept track. I'm running. I got thrown off balance a little bit, and then on the way down, I was trying to keep keep track of it so just tracking and concentration
7: mm-hmm.
4: um, i think that every day we go out there, I know I go out there every day and try to, you know, say it's a new day, another day to get better, another day to improve on something that I need to improve on. And in practice, we go against um, all the DBs, all the receivers push us. So every day in practice, we're getting pushed, we're getting better every day. Even if we have a bad day at practice, it's something to learn from. So no bad day is really a bad day, especially if you're learning from it. And game time, it just happened to show tonight. So. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm happy. The team's happy. I know everybody else is happy, but tomorrow we got to go watch the film, see what we did good, see what we did bad, and get back to it.
0: All right, one more saint you'll hear from, Taysom Hill. What was his body language like after that one? On his birthday, 31 years old, he knows what we all know. He ain't starting week one. Don't go anywhere. The Great Scott Show continues after this. Stay tuned Message about DraftKings Hey, guys, Scott Prather, ESPN 1420. I've got breaking sports news. DraftKings is live in Louisiana with Daily Fantasy Sports. That means you can begin playing right now. To welcome in the new football season, DraftKings is giving all new players a free shot at a million dollars during week one. So if you haven't tried DraftKings yet, it is the perfect time to do it. Go download the DraftKings app and use code 1420. Let me tell you about DraftKings. It's really simple. I downloaded it. Very, very user-friendly. You pick your lineup, you stay under the salary cap, and then you watch your team compete against the competition. You know what makes watching a game even more exciting? When you also have a free shot at giant, huge cash prizes. And when you're perfecting your daily uh, fantasy skills, don't don't forget to check out the DraftKings free-to-play pools. There's even more cash-up for grabs there. So let me tell you guys one more time. Download the DraftKings app now and use code 1420 for a limited time. New players can get a free shot at a million dollars during week one. Don't miss out on the action. That's code 1420 only at DraftKings. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Guys, do it. Download the DraftKings app and use code 1420.
1: Now, more of The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on Sports Radio ESPN 1420.
5: I oh,
6: looked out the window, seeing his bull head, ran through the fridge and pulled out an egg, slung on my skulls. He had no
0: Welcome back into the great Scott show. The great sports callers open think tank. Good morning. How we feeling guys? Great show so far. Great show continues. Jay Walker in studio in about 10 minutes. The PAC 12 big 10 in ACC's alliance announcement expected to come later today. What does it mean? What will it look like? What kind of impact will it have? We'll discuss that. Have a little Terrible Tune Tuesday. Lafayette Little League All-Stars. Their run came to an end at the World Series yesterday, but can hang their heads high. What a season. That coming your way next hour. This hour mainly been focused on the Saints' performance, individual performances, really, when you get right down to it, from last night's preseason game. Quarterback situation, the main focus. You heard from Jameis. Heard a little bit from Marquez Callaway. Taysom Hill. Really just talk mainly about the Saints receivers. Not, you know, sometimes you see Taysom in game, big old smile on his face, beaming. It wasn't really the case yesterday. He wasn't pouting by any stretch. Doing his job answering the questions.
5: Um I mean it, it it's hard to really give you a, a evaluation without without seeing the film but um I think just like any other game, I think there's plays that I'd like to have back and I think there was some good stuff that um uh, that we did and um you know enough there to continue to build on and get ready for the get ready for the season. Yeah. Yeah, no, that w- that was good. I'm I'm glad that um, I got to to start the second half, and it was good to to get out there and get in getting rhythm and get things rolling. Uh, it was cover zero, uh, just one on one matchup outside. Uh, LJ is such a big body that when you see press man out the outside and and cover zero, it's kind of a no brainer. You love that matchup and. Just give him a opportunity to go make a play, and and he did. LJ, <laughs> uh, man, I, I I love throwing LJ. I, I think he's had a really good camp. I think he's had really good preseason. Um, so I don't remember any specific drops. You know, maybe he did. I I, I don't know, but uh LJ's a guy that that I trust that I, I love throwing the ball to. He fights for you. Um big target. Um so man, I'm I'm not surprised with the way that he played. Um I love I love playing with him. I love love taking reps with him.
1: How many
5: yeah, I mean, th- this goes back to what we've discussed all camp. You know, you control what you can control and that's it.
0: Anytime Taysom's asked specifically about his performance, quarterback competition, he you know, he kind of deflects. Asked about receivers, he talks them up. I could play the rest of his presser, but that's pretty much all you need to hear. You've heard it there. 269-1077, 269-1077. See if we can get a phone call or two in here. Let's head to the phone lines right now. Good morning. Welcome hey. into the great Scott Show. Hello.
7: Hey, good morning, Scott. Hey, how are you? Doing well, doing well, man. I, I got a chance to watch the game last night and kind of called in to kind of give my my two my two cents on the uh, performance. Uh, I thought the defense played the the, the starters played really really well. Uh, another great showing. I'm um, kind of anxious, you know, wondering if it's gonna you know transfer to to the regular season. But uh, uh, the quarterbacks, I think the competition. I think you can kind of put it in the bag, man. Uh, these last couple of games, and, and 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 just with the injury of of Marcus Chapman, I think they're gonna have to make a decision really quickly on what what rotation is gonna have on this team because they're paying him a lot of money.
0: Well, they're paying uh, him They're paying them uh, about eleven million dollars. Yeah, I mean that's. You know, that's that's, still that's a lot of a, money. That's that's uh, a that's a lot for a backup that's not named Chase Daniel. So you know, you're paying him that. You want to utilize him, and you know that Swiss Army knife role where he's good. So maybe they had a gallon of creatine waiting for him in his locker uh, last night after the game to put some of that weight back on.
7: Well, he did look he did look a lot faster. I could I, I did see I did see that even though he didn't take off running down the field, you could see it when when he scrambles to the right and to the left you
0: want him that, to be you know, if you want him to be in that role that he's excelled in you know the last few seasons he uh i mean he he's a physical player and that's that's really yeah. part of what made him great so he's going to need to put on some some of that muscle back on out there if he's going to be running around i mean notice he didn't run last night you know he was trying to stay in the pocket and and do more traditional quarterback things if you will but uh you know his his role is as a backup. I I don't know how much of the competition there really still was going into last night's game. I think it was probably set. But as I said at the start of the show, the the most difficult decisions in life are usually rational ones. What makes them difficult is the emotion involved. And I think part of the reason Coach Payton has kind of drawn this out is it's tough on him emotionally. But um, you yeah. know he he knows. I mean everyone knows it's it's it was settled before last night, barring a total atrocious performance by Jameis, and all last night did was further solidify, I think, what everybody already knew, including Taysom, for that matter.
7: Yeah. Uh, I guess my thing is, is like, how, you know, what's the mindset of Taysom? Because you you, you knew you were in a quarterback competition, and, you know, what's the mindset? Okay, but if, if I win it, I'm a starter. If I don't win it, then what now? Am I the backup? Do I go back to my Swiss Army Knife role? Or are we just doing a, a bunch of different things on the field? Uh, because they're going to have to make a decision, and especially with Ian Book being on the roster, which that is going to throw a wrench, because if you keep Ian Book, is Ian Book now the backup to – yeah, he,
0: he's – no, I think Taysom will be the backup and be in, in the role that he was the last few years, to be honest. I mean, I think he's probably disappointed when he finds out, you know, officially, but I also think he has shown that he'll keep saying, I want to play quarterback, but I'm going to do whatever I can to play football. And they'll they'll do whatever – I mean, he's he's a team player. He'll do what they ask him to do, and next year he'll be a free agent. And if he wants to go somewhere he thinks he has a better shot to play QB, he will. Um because his, you know, this whole hundred and forty million—it's all monopoly money. It's void, um, you know. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens um, next year. But it, you know, that's that's where his mindset really matters. I mean, I don't, I Ooh. don't think anyone's going to trade for him to be their quarterback. Uh, so I, I think he's 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 on the Saints roster this year, and he's going to be utilized. You know, the best way that. Is his skill set, which is that Swiss Army knife role, that's what I fully expect. And if and if Jameis were to get injured, then Taysom's going to be back in and playing quarterback.
7: I tell you what, you know, I watched the second half and I watched Trevor Simeon, and and, and Trevor Simeon actually he he actually looked better than than Taysom at the quarterback uh, position.
6: He, no,
0: he he. I mean, look, Trevor Simeon was going up against. Six-string guys on the worst team in the league, and Trevor Simeon's a former starter with a lot of experience. You know? I mean, the guy right. was on a pro right. bowl one, so it's not a surprise that a guy with experience would look good against six-string players on the worst team in the league.
7: Well, I mean, I kind of find that hard to, to you know, when, when you're looking at uh, Hunter Minshew, you know, and he didn't look or like to. a starter. Like, <laughs> yeah. Gardner,
0: it's, Gardner, a, Gardner it, it's it's hard <laughs> you know, it's, it's hard to... Um, Trevor Simeon will play somewhere this year. I don't know if that'll be the Saints though, but he'll still play. Yeah, yeah. As a backup. Appreciate the call, man. Let's try to take one more before we wrap up this hour. Good morning, welcome in. Hey Scott. What's happening?
3: So uh to me, uh if Jamie if Jason Hill's going back to you know, that role, I think you have to keep Trevor Simeon. <laughs> As backup, but that's just me, you know. Do so you think I, they'll I carry know. four
0: on the roster? I mean, I don't, I don't think they can. No, I don't I think they think what can they do with Ian, Ian Book
3: is, is he'll sign, uh, uh, he'll sign,
0: he'll, he'll, he'll. Another team will sign him if you try to stash him on the practice squad. Another team will sign. Well,
3: him. There, there's always ways around it. Don't they put people in,
0: like IR and something like that? I mean, Sean Payton tries to always, do that, and now the IRs or rules are a little bit more loose. But at some point, you'll have to. Unless he's actually hurt. I mean, maybe the guy did not want to do that. Maybe he settles and,
3: and leaves, you know. Uh, <clears throat> one more thing. That some people that really, you know, got me intrigued, they're kind of excited besides Marquez Calloway. That guy, is like a star in the making, it looks like. But uh, Jawan James, especially with Adam Troutman being hurt, did, did they have uh, any update on them?
0: Troutman, it, last I read, it's likely a high ankle sprain, um, which oh. will keep him out for a little while, yeah. So okay. he'll miss some time but this year for sure.
3: Jawah James kind of looks the part. and
0: He can't block yet, though, by his own admission. And, yeah. You, know, but okay, like, you so know, he might catch some passes. Jimmy
3: Graham but... wasn't a great blocker either, you know. <laughs> you I'm least... not comparing him to Jimmy Graham. I'm no. just saying no. that, you know, uh, so, Juwan James and Lil' Jordan Humphrey, I think we're actually going to, like, depend on them this year. Because, like, has anyone seen Trae Smith? No. Nope. Is he, like, still on the team? or
0: <laughs> Been dealing with an injury and uh, been MIA for sure.
3: So, I actually think that Lil' Jordan Humphrey is going to be – we're going to have to count on him, especially early in the season.
0: Oof. You're probably right, which is this thing, but –
3: I know, but he's actually looked all right. You know, the for, I guess the Ravens, he looks, eh. but, you know.
0: He's a big guy, just a uh, little slow for that spot, but, you know, you need to. But, and
3: how disappointing is Kevin White? Man, I mean, you can tell why that guy is just not in enough, exactly, you enough.
0: Know. Exactly what he's done his whole career. I mean, the fact that he dropped a couple of passes is right as part of And it's the like core.
3: right in his hands. It wasn't like he had to do anything special. It went right in his hands. And he
0: dropped
3: it. Yep. All right, Scott. Thanks Thank for you. the
0: call, David. Have a good one, brother. Don't go anywhere. Jay Walker's in the studio. The uh, Pac-12 Big Ten ACC Alliance announcement coming later today. What will it look like? What will it mean? Cajun kickoff is 12 days away? 11? Man. Right around the corner. Got plenty more to talk about. Don't go anywhere. Great sketch show continues right after this.
6: Yes,
1: you
0: hour of the great Scott show great sports callers open think tank I'm Scott Prather Jay Walker in the house voice of the rage of Cajuns and um, what well, college football season week zero is upon us yes indeed you can hate on week zero whatever we get to turn on the TV and see real football
6: that's I'm, it I'm in I'm that's in. It. it's not it's not football practice it uh it's real football and get to see it this weekend. I, I don't know that there's anything that really intrigues me this weekend, but I'm going to watch something just to say I watched a little football. It's, nice. it's, 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 kinda, it's a good way to break it in, though. Yeah. Like, okay, this, the,
0: the games matter. They count. But I don't have any kind of emotional investment. I just kind of get to kick back and watch some meaningful football here. There you go. Um. Before we go any farther. I watched not meaningful
6: football last night. Yeah,
0: me too. Well, it was meaningful for a few players, but more on that in a moment. Um, Lafayette Little League All Stars, their run came to an end last night. I know they fell, uh, to, uh, to Ohio,
6: eight to two. Mm-hmm.
0: But to coach Stephen Menard, Hawkins, the whole staff, every single one of those kids, hats off to a man. A run to the Little League World Series. They got a win up there in Williamsport. Um, a lot of obstacles, obviously the, the virus being just one of, of several, again, hats off to a man. I'm uh, really happy for them. The community of course has always stepped up in a big way to help make all of that possible.
6: You know, was, this is what the third time mm-hmm. that, uh, that Lafayette has made it to Williamsport. And this one kind of special, maybe for me, you know, because, you know, Scott Hawkins has a kid on that team. Tommy Clark has a kid on that team. And you know, I uh, I'm looking forward to doing their games when they get to UL. But um, it was uh, it was great. You know, it never ends out the way you want to unless you win the whole thing. And uh, you know, they hit a couple long balls last night, and, and that was kind of it. But no, congratulations to them for what they accomplished because you got to do real good to get there. And they did some of the best in uh, in the country shout out to them and uh, safe travels on how on their way back. I will I will say this though, just one one comment about what I what happened yesterday and that doesn't really have anything to do with Lafayette. When Lafayette lost to South Dakota. Uh, there were a lot of fail. Well, enjoy your run South Dakota because, you know, your kid was great but he can't throw the next game. Well, he didn't and South Dakota won anyway. So they're so they're 2 and 0 um, and and the guy who you know, who really pitched well, struck out what? How? What is it? Fifteen against Idris, thirteen. I mean, he was like he's throwing, he's getting ready to pitch again. So throwing hot. So stuff. South Dakota um, was not a flash in the pan.
0: Said you watched some football practice last night. Mm-hmm. All right, I did. I would not have expected
5: that from you.
6: Well, I I did a little switching back and forth because I was watching Little Inc. Um. You know, I I have said this, and and you haven't asked me, but I've said it to anybody who wanted my opinion, which was pretty much nobody. Um, Jameis Winston has to be the starting quarterback for the Saints. He has to be, not because he went out and won the job, although I thought he did last night. With the Saints not having Drew, and you know we don't know what Michael Thomas's deal is, and. You got to have Taysom Hill doing the Taysom Hill stuff that he does.
0: Adam Troutman you, left on a cart last night. That's too. it.
6: So you have to have Taysom Taysom Hill as your Swiss Army knife. So even if Taysom Hill was the better quarterback, Jameis Winston has to start at quarterback. But he's not the better quarterback. No, he's not. Um,
0: I, I said this to open the show. I think some of the hardest decisions that people have to make in life, business, whatever, are actually extremely rational decisions. In fact, most of the time, they're pretty straightforward. What makes them difficult is the emotion tied into it. Sure. And, and, and for, you know, listen, the saints have to cut five players today. Every team does. And then a week from the day, they got to cut 27 players. That won't be as hard as the decision of who starts because Sean Payton has an emotional tie-in with Taysom Hill. Um, not every player is equal in terms of relationship status with a coach. And I'm not saying that cuts are easy, but some are, some are easier than others. Um, That's why I think it's been hard. I think deep down, everyone knew like barring an atrocious performance by Jameis last night, he, he already kind of had the job. And Mm -hmm. last night just further cemented, I think what everyone already knew the reason it hasn't been announced yet is just because of the emotional side of it. But Peyton's gonna, you know, stack up it at some point this week. He's gonna sit down. He's gonna tell Taysom, and I think deep down Taysom knows it too. I mean, you, you could look at the body language last night and kind of see where that thing was going. Um, and when you watch him, I mean, Jameis goes through his reads quickly, and Taysom really struggles to go through his reads. That's just a basic observation. Not even getting deeper into the weeds with it. And then to your point. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they had a, a gallon of creatine waiting for Taysom in his locker room yeah. saying, all right, you need to put some of that mass back on because we're going to need you to get, you know, down and dirty. And, well, someone called last night and said, what do you think his mindset is? I'm like, I'm sure he'll be disappointed, and yet this guy has shown he'll do whatever it takes to get on the field. So
6: that's what he's going to do, and then next year he'll be a free agent. Something that happened this morning as well, you know, we, we don't know exactly what the the – what will Lutz's situation is Um, the Colts cut Eddie Pinero this morning because the other guy was, I think it was Blankenship was Pinero did not miss a kick the entire preseason. You sunk my Blankenship. It's a Chris Berman reference. And so, you know, that's just something that maybe you can keep in mind um, because they, they went ahead and cut Pinero and, and and that dude can kick. What. I'm looking at the Saints this year,
0: probably 7 and 10. Where are you at with that? Maybe 8 and 9. Like, they're not going to be great, but they're not going to be terrible. I keep getting accused of being extremely negative when I look at the Saints' outlook. I feel like I'm just being rational.
6: 7 and 10, 6 and 11, that's kind of where I was with it, too. Um,
0: They're going to – like, they just – what you also saw is that it's such a top-heavy roster, whereas I think the last four years the Saints were – Arguably the deepest roster in the league. A lot of depth. You don't have that anymore. No, you don't. And you're going to lose some guys. It's the nature of the game. It's football. ESPN1420.com. Although, Marquez Calloway. I mean, can we just all acknowledge that the Saints know you know how to use Tennessee Vols better than the Tennessee Vols do? <laughs> can we just acknowledge that? I mean, I don't, you, you you can be the biggest hater in the world and be like, oh, well, this or preseason, who are they playing? Dude. You can't look at those catches last night and not say, wow.
6: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All reports from Camper that he's just been the the standout, the star. And uh, that's that's outstanding. So that's a good thing. Uh, hated to see Travis Etienne get hurt last night. Looks like he's going to miss some time. Uh, high ankle sprain in a boot. He'll get a uh, an MRI today, but certainly wishing him well. Urban Meyer man anytime he would lose in college he'd start to have health problems or suggest he did. I mean how long is he going to last in the NFL?
6: Well, uh, he's got a bad case of indigestion already.
0: <laughs> I mean his his body language last night it looked like he ate some bad seafood the whole day. Oh jeez. Quarter I, after and eight. and,
6: and I'll, I'll I'll say this. You know Urban's not stupid, all right? And and Minchu's going to be the starting quarterback to begin the season. And and you know who the quarterback of the future is, okay? But Minshew's going to be the starting quarterback for Jacksonville. It's because of the old line. I, I think partially because of the old line, and I think partially because I don't think that, that Trevor is quite ready. You know, in the preseason, the kid at the at the Jets has outplayed every rookie quarterback. Justin Fields has looked pretty good. Justin Fields has looked pretty good. Um I always just I, I think
0: about like when they were referencing last night just on the broadcast. Well, Urban doesn't want to put Trevor Lawrence behind that offensive line or, you know, I don't think Matt Nagy wants to put Justin Fields behind that O line week one against Aaron Donald. I mean, Andy, and I'm just like, man, how would you feel if you were like Gardner Minshew or Andy Dalton when you hear that is like, Oh, cool.
6: So I'm just, I'm just like a a pinata that y'all just want to put out there and just get lambasted. Well, you know, I think that, that right now Minshew is just more ready than, than Lawrence is. And, and Minshew He's got a little something to him. You know? You know what I'm saying? He's he's got a he's got some toughness to him that I really like. Now, for me it's a little different in Chicago. Okay? Because I think Andy Dalton's done. And and so if they start fields, I I understand.
0: I um week 1 the Texans play the Jags. If you're in a survivor pool and you really want to go out on a limb, you could if you pick the winner of that game knowing that you've got that win on your belt with one of those teams, because you'll never pick them again. It's like, of course, you could just be one and done as well, but no guts, no glory. ESPN1420.com. fourteen twenty all right, Jay, here's something I wanted to talk to you about. That is this scheduling alliance that we've been hearing about um, that's expected to be announced as early as today. ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12. I said on the show yesterday morning, it's – Basically, just in response to the SEC, it's, I think, a move made more out of fear and, and worrying about loss of power or the seat at the table. But my question to you is, what exactly do you think this is going to look like and kind of ramifications comes with it? I, I think
6: the purpose behind this is to prove the overall strength of schedule of the teams in those three leagues. Because the Southeastern Conference, once you get into conference play, and they're pl- and if they play nine games, and we think they're going to, you know, every one of those games, even if you're playing Vanderbilt, it's going to help your strength of schedule. The Big Ten can no longer get away with playing three max schools, and and the Pac-12 can no longer get away with playing the lower end of the Mountain West. So I think what you're going to see with this is you're going to see these three leagues agree to play one another in the preseason. Now, is it going to be one game every year? Is it going to be two? We'll see. But I think when you start sitting down, whether it's four teams or 12 teams, when you start sitting down and deciding which teams are going to be in the college football playoff, those three leagues have got to increase their strength of schedule. And I think in this case – they understand it, and so they're going to go ahead and play each other as part of the non-conference right. deal.
0: They don't want they don't want the twelve-team playoff to come along and be like, "Oh, cool, you
6: you filled your six slots, and the other six were just SEC teams." I don't. I, you know, there were some people who who thought that they were just going to like, "Oh, you got all these teams, and they're just going to redo it, and and it's going to affect no. all twelve games." It's not. No, no. There, first of all, none of the. Let me tell you something. The league commissioners don't want that to happen. No. they're not going to be
0: like, "Oh, cool." Let me just hand this over to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at it more as like what you see some of the basketball leagues do, right? Let's let's play one another in these every year, SEC, the, ACC, whatever they call the, it, the ACC,
6: Big Ten, yeah, and the SEC. Big 12. I, I think
0: it's going to be more like that. In in uh, they also a lot of these schools also have games already under contract, so I think it's going to be something that. I could be wrong. I think they started off maybe with one game and then kind of see where the dust settles once the 12-team playoff comes along and then adjust from there.
6: What does this mean for the Big 12, though? Um, Well, you know, the Big 12 is what the Big 12 is now, you know, with losing uh, Texas and Oklahoma. The Big 12 is not going to dissolve. The Big 12 is... They still have another four years of money coming with their TV contract. Not as much as some of the, but, but more than any of the G fives. So they're going to stay together. Um, obviously at some point in time, they're going to have to add two teams because they only have eight right now. Um, where those two teams come from or anybody's guess. there was a, there's been a lot of discussion about maybe them adding four. I, I don't know that it's going to be four. I know it's going to be at least two. Um, But they, you know, it's going to, I think most people are going to start referring to the Power Five as the Power Four once Oklahoma and Texas actually do join the SEC. But the Big 12 is still going to have a leg up on every other conference besides those top four. They're going to
0: be like a tweener.
6: Yeah, kind of. Going to be like the, the middle, the middle
0: one, the M mm-hmm. one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What uh, what does
6: any of this, if at all, mean for UL long term? Well, you know, first of all, you got to see what the Big Twelve does. Okay, um, if the Big Twelve only adds two, and they decide that the two that they they need to add are Houston. No, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go in the other direction. Let's suppose, let's suppose, for sake of argument, they decide the two they're going to add are BYU and Boise State. But that means nothing for the AAC or the Conference USA or the Sun Belt. I don't think that's going to happen, but let's suppose it does. Now, let's suppose instead they do Houston and Cincinnati. Well, then the, then the AAC is going to have to add a couple. And then they have to decide who that couple – actually, they, they would only need to add one, okay, because they would be at nine football-playing schools if two teams leave because they're at 11 right now. They, they were 12, and then Connecticut left, and so now they're at 11. So if they want to stay – if they want to be at 10, they need to add one. Well, if they add one, I, I, I don't think I don't think the Cajuns are affected there.
0: Um and what's the number one draw when you're adding a school today as opposed to twelve years ago?
6: Well, I think twelve years ago academics were a whole lot more important than they are now. Okay. And and so I I do think that um, the ability to compete and make the league better. And and while football drives the bus, they're not the the, the only passenger. But what if, you know, what if the Big 12 says, okay, we're going to have 12 and they take four schools from the American Conference? I think then teams that the American Conference looks at have to look at this and say, wait a minute, is this worth it? Because their TV money is going to go way down. If you lose four really good schools, let's Uh, UCF, Cincinnati, Memphis, Houston. If you lose those four, if you lose those four, now your flagship schools in football are Tulsa and SMU. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. On top of that, I'll go a step farther. The average budget of schools in the American Conference, $17 million a year more than the average budget in the Sunbelt Conference. So if you go, you're way behind the eight ball to start with. So if you're gonna go, you better have a plan to get that budget up to at least the average of the other league. Otherwise you're not gonna be able to compete. Does the average of the other league drop under this scenario where you lose for your biggest You know draws? there are some there's some private schools in the league and they they are not they don't have to report what their budgets are, but if you go and you look at the teams that are in there, the public schools are all in the sixty-five to eighty million dollar range, really. And so you got to believe that the private schools are probably that much too. Tulane doesn't have a money problem, guys. Nope. I, I said sixty-five to eighty. I, it might be a little bit less than that, it, it but it's like but sixty to seventy.
0: Okay. I, I would not have guessed that much.
6: No, they, it, the, there's you know. a big there's a big discrepancy there. So I think then you gotta say, okay. Are we are are we are we making ourselves better here? Uh,
0: the onion man just starting to cut into the onion that is Texas.
6: I will I will say this. I do not believe you are going to see anything happen as far as stuff shaking out for at least a year, at least. And it may be longer than that.
0: Two six nine ten seventy seven two six nine one zero seven seven Scott Prather Jay Walker. Um, does this move about the the scheduling alliance, um, Pac twelve Big Ten and ACC, does it reek of desperation or is it self defense?
6: A little I, bit of both. Uh, maybe a little bit of both. You know, I think I think the pessimist will look at it and say, "Boy, y'all are," getting, and and the ones who aren't the pessimist saying. Well you know what this is this is probably a good move on your part because you've got to do this in order to stay viable
0: I, I what is college football on some levels becoming somewhat mundane because of all of these power moves does does this counter punch to the SEC help college football no it or? hurts
6: college football I'll just say that right now it hurts college football. It hurts the um, competitive balance of college football. Um, you know, if you're an SEC fan, well, you know, gosh, you know, you're going to go drink a pina colada somewhere, put your feet up, and what, because oh it, yeah, talking about talking about Oklahoma, and it, Texas, ain't ain't nothing but sunshine. I'm talking about the alliance, though. Does it does it hurt? Does it hurt the SEC? No. Does it hurt the? College football in general. Is no, I, mean. I don't think so. No, I know. Th- I I think Oklahoma and Texas right. hurt college football a whole lot more than this alliance
0: is. Well, it, to. it creates it creates what you know this domino effect that we're going to see. It's going to have long term effects. But ESPN fourteen twenty and .com, I just don't want college football to become mundane from top to bottom. And I do think that an alliance that gives, I if it's one game, if it's two games at some point that they're scheduling every single year, it just it makes that opportunity for some G5s to to make some noise that much more difficult. Mm, absolutely. 27 after the hour. All right, when we come back,
6: what, wait, What uh, today's
0: August 24th. What's the day, Jay?
6: August 24th.
0: What day of the week is it?
6: Uh, that would be Tuesday.
0: Ah, that's right. Up next, it's terrible.
6: Tune. Tuesday. ESPN 1420 and .com. <laughs>
3: It's Danielle Mendoza, owner of the all-new Mendoza Ford. You won't believe all we have to offer. In-
0: Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers, Open Think Tank. For those of you that are listening on demand via the podcast, uh, you missed TTT. Only one way to hear a terrible tune Tuesday, and that is live on Tuesday mornings. There you go. Um, Raymond Kale waved by the LA Rams yesterday, the same day he had surgery on his foot fracture. Um... That he suffered in Saturday's preseason game against the Raiders. NFL can be a cruel world. He was doing enough in camp, looked really good as the return guy that I would look, he's gonna clear waivers because he's injured. And then I would expect him to go on the Rams injured reserve.
6: But um it's a tough
0: business. Trey Regis looking really, really good for the Raiders thus far this preseason.
6: Trey's done a great job so far. Baseball, Jay, before I let you go.
0: Miguel, Baseball. Baseball, wiener dogs, sports. Um, again, for those that missed the last segment, tune in live on Tuesday mornings. The uh, Miguel Cabrera, five hundredth home run uh-huh. Sunday, um, and he is pretty prestigious company. There's not too many guys that have hit five hundred and batted over three hundred in their career. He's about 50 hits away, I think, from the 3,000 club. 3,000, yeah. If he hits that, the only people in that club would be him, Hank Aaron, and
6: Willie Mays. Yep. It's a pretty elite company there. Okay. Miguel Cabrera has won two MVP awards, he's won four batting titles. His lifetime batting average is 311. Mm hmm. He won the triple crown. How do we not celebrate this guy more than we have? I don't know. How do we not celebrate this guy more than we have? He is going to wind up as one of maybe the 10 best baseball players ever. From a statistical standpoint. Do you think he's one of the 10 best of all time? Well, you just uh, said once he gets to 3,000 hits, I, 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 you I, just said he was going to be in pretty elite company. I said it. Do you think he's one of the 10 best of all time? Sure, I do. Even if you don't agree with that, okay? We're sitting here. We say, who's the best player in baseball? Well, this year people would say Shoney Otani, and, and, and I get that. And that's true. But what they've been saying for sure, oh, Mike Trout, Mike Trout. Mike Trout wishes he could be as good as Miguel Cabrera. It's It's pretty ridiculous what that guy's done in his career.
0: And I, his first, maybe his first at bat back in 03 was like a homer. Mm-hmm. That ever since then, all he's done is just played incredible elite baseball.
6: You know they, they well, you know he play uh, Trout plays on the West Coast and he's with the Angels. And I guess we could say that about Cabrera with because the Tigers haven't had a lot of success. But it's not like Detroit is a mini market. No, okay? the guy is a cinch first ballot Hall of Famer. It's
0: it's it's hard baseball players are not the super. they're 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 not as their stars are not as big as they were when I was younger it's certainly not when you were younger and I know I'm not making a joke about your age I'm being serious like I mean King Griffey Jr. was bigger than life the kid I mean he comes to the Mariners in 89 it was like the all-star game was everywhere baseball cards were just all the kids had him Baseball were so big. I mean, the Bash Brothers, whatever. You had your posters. Now, it seems like, with the exception of Atani, and every now and then a player will come along that really just gets the attention of the national sports fan. It seems like now, most of the time, Jay, what we're asking ourselves, whether it was before DeGrom had his recent string injuries, it was, why aren't people talking about this more? Or why, aren't, why isn't this being covered more? It's always a, why is this guy not bigger than he is? They've asked a the question about Mike Trout for years, that now it's almost just part of the legacy, which is a little annoying. But I think for Cabrera, had he, had he played, just push him back 20 years, had that been 83 to like 01 instead of 03 to 2021, I think he would be that big of a star. Is that just me? Doesn't it seem like we ask the question a lot when a baseball player does something incredible or has been doing something incredible? I feel like now, today, we always say, wow, why did he talk about more in sports? Is it just how ba- baseball is covered now? I, I think so. I think so. It's ridiculous with Cabrera. Just, if, I, was, I was, whenever he hit that Homer Sunday, it was, like, I didn't know it was almost coming. I just, I read the story. And then I went and I was like, let me look up this guy's number. And I was just... I knew he was an. I knew he was a future Hall of Famer, but I was still blown
6: away. It's like, good God, you know, start, start thinking about. I mean, who's next to hit 500 home runs?
0: I have. I don't know.
6: You know, you've got some know. guys who are who are big sluggers, but Giancarlo Stanton's hurt all the time. You know, Aaron Judge has hurt a lot. No, I don't. I know. I don't know. If Trout's going to get to 500. I don't know. But he, I just hope he
0: gets to 3,000. Oh, he will. Him, Hank Aaron, and Willie Mays. And as far as guys with like multiple MVPs that are in the 500 club, I think it's like him and Ted Williams, maybe one other person. Pretty crazy. Indeed. Shout out to Miggy, man. Incredible. Incredible stuff. That's Jay Walker. I'm Scott Prather. Thanks for tuning in. Tomorrow on the show, we will have a guest on uh, from the Longhorns Network to give us an inside look at Texas football. Ralph Malbro of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. Ben Mincy of Barstool Sports Betting. What does he think of that UL Texas line? What about over-unders this year for UL LSU and the Saints? Got some great guests tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. In the meantime, I'm Scott Prather, and that is... I'm Jay Walker. TSP and fourteen twenty. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Greenies next. Bye. Don't go anywhere. Hey, guys, Scott Prather, ESPN 1420. I've got breaking sports news. DraftKings is live in Louisiana with Daily Fantasy Sports. That means you can begin playing right now. To welcome in the new football season, DraftKings is giving all new players a free shot at a million dollars during week one. So if you haven't tried DraftKings yet, it is the perfect time to do it. Go download the DraftKings app and use code 1420. Let me tell you about DraftKings. It's really simple. I downloaded it. Very, very user-friendly. You pick your lineup, you stay under the salary cap, and then you watch your team compete against the competition. You know what makes watching a game even more exciting? When you also have a free shot at giant, huge cash prizes. And when you're perfecting your daily uh, fantasy skills, don't don't forget to check out the DraftKings free-to-play pools. There's even more cash up for grabs there. So let me tell you guys one more time. Download the DraftKings app now and use code 1420 for a limited time. New players can get a free shot at a million dollars during week one. Don't miss out on the action. That's code 1420 only at DraftKings. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Guys, do it. Download the DraftKings app and use code 1420.